Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the Enough Podcast. It is the 13th of November 2012. I am Mike Hurley and I am joined as always by your host and mine, the man behind Enough, the ethos, the book, and all of the website and available properties. That is Mr. Patrick Rowan. Hello, Patrick Rowan. Oh, hello, Michael. How I mean, you? hey, we just we just got done talking about. It. I don't have as many as some people in your in your realm of network sphere have. I'm I'm kind of getting to be the uh, the second guy on the totem pole here as far as number of properties and number of sites he has going at any yep. given time. We have. As a matter of fact, I've been thinking about how to reduce even what I have. Um, you just what well, you should just get min dot net. Just men? remove minimal Mac. Just, oh, just minimize men. that to just min. M I N? M. M. I'll just go for dot net and see what happens. Try and get the whole top level domain. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, you know I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, min.net exists. Somebody uh-huh. has it. Someone has it already. I don't really know what it's for, though. Yeah. Oh, wow. How are you? I am very well. Good. Very well indeed. Good. Yeah. So, um I was uh, so when you pinged me today to, you know, be like, okay, you know, we got a podcast to do. Um I was actually in the middle of of writing a uh writing a post. Uh and I was hoping to get that post up and done before we talked today so that like I'd have it to link to in the show notes and such, but I'm not gonna have that. So just look for it on Middle Mac. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Um but uh basically my uh my friend Garrick, uh GarrickVanBuren.com, uh who I've I've discussed several times. We're good friends and you know, he's he's always an interesting fellow. Um uh a while back, I was talking about, you know, the same thing I've been talking about now for weeks, which is, you know, I don't know, iPad mini, iPad, I don't know, should I get one? I don't know, current iPads is fine, ah, blah, blah, and all this hemming and hawing I'm doing. He said, you know what you should do? You should write a review of your iPad 1, like your first generation iPad like a review he's like yeah i know i wrote one when it first came no 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 you should write one now like today like what it's like two years in because like i've you know seen a lot of people like especially recently talking about the mini and how you know basically they've had it for a week or two and they've been using it and they haven't picked up their Larger iPad once, you know, um, sort of thing. So kind of one weekend sort of things. Well, this would be a, you know, 18 months to two years in. How's how's your iPad working for you? Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, what an interesting idea. Only one problem. It's boring. He's like, I don't think that re- the review is boring. I'm like, no, 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 no. The iPad itself is boring. And I think that that's actually the more interesting idea, right? That people will hear, wow, the iPad is boring. You look back at like all of the successes achieved and how many it's sold and how it's become like this ubiquitous thing and post PC and blah, blah, blah. You know, how could it be boring? Well, 
that's exactly what's boring about it, right? Remember, like, and I'm sure you remember this. When you first got an iPad, like when they first came out and you went out and got one, because you got one pretty much right away, right? I got one on the day that I could get one. So right. in the UK, it came out a little bit later, but I got it on, on launch day. Right. And same here. As soon as they were available for pre-order, I pre-ordered one. And I was one of the guys, you know, sitting there tapping my foot, waiting for the FedEx truck to show up at my door. And when it did, I couldn't wait to open this thing and to plug it into iTunes and authorize it and start playing with it. I was just like gung-ho. Uh, those that might remember at the time, I, my plan was to basically use it as my main machine, um, replacing my aging black MacBook. Um, and that, that, it, that was it. That was going to be my, you know, the kind of my daily driver, the thing I used principally for just about everything, email, surfing the web, anything you can think of uh, that I could do with the iPad, even then, even before the rich ecosystem of iPad apps, even before it was a huge hit, I did that. Um, and if you remember, when you had that first iPad, what would happen when you would take it out in public? I wouldn't, but people would look at it. Yeah, right? Like here, and this is not so much in stuffy old England where people I don't know, you know are too busy drinking tea or something, but over here in America where you have like pushy, loud, obnoxious strangers, um, they, they, uh, they would come up to you and like ask you about it and go like, oh my God, is that an iPad? Do you mind if we, do you mind if I just pick it up? I just want to see like you know what it feels like weight wise and such. You know, oh, can, do you mind? Can is there something like I could just like touch it real quick, or can I just surf see Google on it? And and like people would ask questions about it, and like like you knew that if you took this out in public, this within the first say I don't know three three to six months of its release. You know, you know, like stopping right about there. But, you know, up until then, if you took this thing out in public, you just had to expect that you were going to be interrupted at least once, if not multiple times, with anything that you're going to go do by strangers walking up to you and being like, oh, my God. Right. Um, I mean, it was exciting. And those of us that had them. At least, I don't know, me, I, I'll admit to being just a little bit smug. Like, you know, yeah, I got one. Yeah, I'm I'm ahead of the curve. Interesting. I'm, uh, you know, I'm on it. You I know? find it interesting that you say that, actually, because that feeling would mean that I never actually really took my regular-sized iPad out of the house because it was so big and, and obvious. The iPad Mini, on the other hand, um, I've I've been taking it out. Everywhere, I would imagine. Yeah, but I have been getting, like when it's been in work, basically every day I've had people coming up to me and, and saying, is that the iPad Mini? Can I pick it up? Oh, very interesting. Very interesting that you're getting that with the Mini. Yeah, because people still, cause it's a new thing and people yeah. are really interested by it. Um, yeah, well, I find it around. really interesting that you're getting that with the iPad Mini because it kind of goes along with my, it goes into my overall point that I'm eventually going to get to here. Um, but yeah, I find that very interesting. Um, so what, okay. So there's lots of excitement about it. I think a lot of this excitement was born out of this, uh, 
this overall question that people had, right? A lot of the interruptions I got and a lot of the excitement I got around it was basically more about them trying to figure out if basically they wanted permission. They wanted permission to belong to this club, to be a part of this post PC future that became obvious once you picked this up and once you started using it. And once you saw people out and about getting quote unquote real work done with this thing, right? That, that, uh, you know, you wanted that permission. People wanted to, to say, yes, you, you can do this too. You can let go of that past and join this future. But after a while, people stop coming up and asking questions. Why? Well, because you would go into a coffee shop and five out of every ten people there would have an iPad. And then six out of every ten. And then eight out of every ten. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> and suddenly... They were everywhere, right? So, you know, people had bought into it. They had bought the idea uh, of, of this kind of post-PC future, and they were there. They were using it. And, and the excitement was gone. And, in fact, I really do think that the general arc of any great tool and maybe what separates a tool from a device, although I don't know, I, I haven't quite made that connection yet. But basically, the basic arc is this, and that is the first time you use it, there's this kind of, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm even allowed to own this thing. This is the future sort of, sort of thing, right? And I would imagine that it's exactly the same people or the same feeling that the you know people who first encountered fire <laughs> were feeling, right? Like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I can't believe this makes everything so, so much easier. And, I, I, gosh, I'm going to run out and burn everything I own just because I can. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to see, you know, oh, what else can I cook? Can I cook a rock? No, that doesn't work as well. Okay, let's see. Uh, let me try this, <laughs> you know? And I, I think that kind of people feel that way initially about a device, but I think the best devices eventually become boring. You just pick them up and you use them and you don't even think twice about it. When I leave the house and I need to take something that's more than my phone, my first thought isn't my MacBook Air, despite the fact that it's completely just as portable. And twice as powerful, one would argue. And twice as capable, one might argue. The fact is, I, I pick up the iPad and throw it in my bag without even thinking about it. And even still, even though it's the first generation iPad and it's running iOS 5, and sure, yeah, you know, it's a little bit slower than maybe my iPhone 4, and, you know, tabs have to reload a little bit more than they used to, and sometimes it keeps up, you know, a little bit poorly with my, uh, the speed of my typing, you know, the, the words kind of trail along after the, after the uh, touch. Um, you know, so I mean, it's it's long in the tooth, and sure, the battery doesn't last as long as the, you know, 
10 billion hours it first seemed to, you know, I do notice that, you know, if I've used it heavily throughout the day, yeah, so I got to plug it in at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe I'm at 20, 30%. Maybe I can make it through another half day without doing so, but that's about it. Where it used to be like days before I would have to plug it in and charge yeah. it. Um, even with all of that, those are so minor and so like, just don't even think much about it. That it, it's boring. Like I don't think about my iPad uh, in a way that's overwhelmingly great or overwhelmingly bad. And the best tools you shouldn't. You should just pick them up and use them. Thinking about them should never happen. The best device is you just perform the task at hand. You know, um, in in the conversation that kind of led up to this with Gary, he was, you know, t- talking about the screwdriver that he that he has, and that he always just picks up and uses when he needs a screwdriver. That's the one he just invariably reaches for. He doesn't think about the screwdriver. He doesn't think about, oh wow, I love this screwdriver. This screwdriver is so great, or this screwdriver is the future. It's you know, this is you know, I'm I'm using no. He just. It's the one he grabs when he needs to do that thing. And that's what makes it great. Mm-hmm. And that's how I still feel about my iPad, right? It's the one I grab when I need to do that thing. And I just don't even think about it. And that's why it's still such a fantastic device for me. It's why... You know, despite all of the wonderful reviews that the iPad Mini is getting, and uh, uh, you know, I'm sure the the new iPad, iPad Four, will get, and you know, all of this stuff, and as much as the hemming and hawing over Retina displays, and oh my gosh, I can never live without one, sort of, you know, iPad One is still that thing that I use. I still use it a lot every day. And that is what makes it great. It's boring. Have you tried out a um, mini yet? I have. What did you? I think? actually made it made it down to uh, down to the Apple Store and tried one out. Um, and uh, for what is worth, that was the first day they were like available in store. Um, and I got down there at about. What was that? That was a Friday, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a Friday. It was a Friday, yeah. Um, I got there down there at about maybe, I don't know, 11 in the morning. So not quite when they opened, uh, but not too long after. And they were already down to just a few black Wi-Fi 64 gig models left. Right. The least yeah. popular model. Yeah. So, I mean, they were, yeah. Selling well, and there was you know a nice crowd there checking them out. But uh, uh, that particular store um, is kind of a store where I'm fairly well known at, and so they let me just hang out for as long as I wanted and just play around with one and type on it and such like that. And uh, about the only thing that pulled me away from it was the uh, 
the, the kind of regional manager of uh, of the Apple stores, not just here, but like uh, like for like a five state area. Um, I know him from way back, and so uh, he walked in and and uh, pulled me away from it basically to go introduce me around to some people. But uh, yeah, I had a really long time to play with it, and it's great. It is fantastic. It is probably, I, I can see where the reviews are coming from that say that it is what the iPad was kind of meant to be. And that short of not having a retina display, it is perfect. Um, I even got to try typing on one and was surprised to find out. And I actually, <laughs> yeah, the, one of the employees gave me his iPhone 5 to use. But the keyboard on the iPad Mini and Portrait is almost identical in dimensions to the iPhone 5 in landscape. Mm -hmm. So it works really well. I mean, there's a little bit of stretch in the middle, but I could get used to that. I mean, I, at this point, I almost certainly am going to get one. But I'm in no rush. <laughs> There's no, it's not like, you know, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get rid of this old iPad and replace it with something better. I'm just in no rush. I'll get one, you know, when they, when I, I'll, I'll probably get one when I can walk into a store and know that whatever model I want, they'll have. So you are, you're going to get one. Yeah, eventually. But you are going to get one, though. Yeah. Great. I, no, I think that that's. I think that that's the the next thing. I'm the next iPad I'm going to get. Yes. I love mine dearly. Yeah. I really, really do. You know, I've, I've sold my old iPad. It's mm. gone. Smart. It's it's amazing. It's a really great device. It's the perfect form factor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seemed like it, and it was great to type on, and, you know, at least with my thumbs in landscape. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, in portrait. Um, landscape, a little bit cramped, but eh, not the end of the world. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to get one. Right, but I like about- I said, it's, it's not like one of these things where it's like, oh, my gosh, as soon as the LT1 e versions are out or I'm going to – yeah. Order it and wait and uh, no, I'm just gonna walk into a store you and should, buy one. You should get an LTE one though. I think you you personally should get that. You know, I've been going back and forth over this. Really have. Take some of that minimal Mac money <laughs> yeah. and just get it because you know, it's it's prepay. So I, I think you, especially because if it's anything like last time, you will have this device for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I think it would be. It would be good. I think you would love it. You, you personally, because you could take that thing and write anywhere, and you know, get access to whatever you need. I, I really think you, Pat, would love that. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. And I, I, I imagine that uh, um, about the only thing that would keep me from getting the LTE is is instead opting to. Uh, long story, but basically, I'm grandfathered into that old AT and T unlimited data plan. Yeah, I know, but really, do you need well, it? 
well, no, but well, here's the thing, right? So I'm opted into that old that you know I'm grandfathered into that old plan, but um, I'm thinking that what I could do is I could get the new plan, which would then allow me to do. Oh, will allow me to do hotspot tethering with my iPhone. Mm-hmm. So I can't do hotspot tethering with my iPhone because I'm still on that old data plan. Yes. And they won't make hotspot tethering available to those on the old plan. So basically, if you want the hotspot tethering, you've got to give up that old plan and go with their with their limited data plan, one of them, and uh, it, it basically give up the un, quote-unquote unlimited plan. Right, and so I've been carefully monitoring my data usage and trying to see if that's something that would work. And if instead, what I should do is get a, since I always have my iPhone with me, if instead I should get a straight Wi-Fi Mini and just have the hotspot tethering on my iPhone and turn that yeah. on when I need, if I'm out and about and I need my Mini to have connectivity does that's, that make sense yeah that's exactly what i'm going to do i'm about to switch over in a couple of weeks to a 4g plan with more data than i need mm-hmm. um like double the data that i've currently got so i would just tether but um i main basically most of the places about 75 percent of the places that i am i am these days has wi-fi gotcha so and I, that's the same here right so i don't really need it as much as i did previously because yeah. when i bought my ipad free um, I, at work, I did not have Wi-Fi. Yeah, but I do now, so I don't need yeah. it so much. Well, and and for me, you know, so much of my work is here at my house, yeah. where I yes. I have Wi-Fi, and when it's not here, I'm at clients where I'm connected to my clients' Wi-Fi networks, and so I just the cases where I need the 3G or LTE or whatever are just far and few between. I know it's one of those things that are, that's like, yeah, you, yeah, but then you'll be glad you have it when you do need it. And I'm sure that might be true. The fact is, is that I've had a Wi-Fi only iPad and it's been kind of my main large portable machine now for two years and it hasn't hurt me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I keep, I keep going back and forth, back and forth, because it might be nice to have the option, and because it is kind of pay-as-you-go on demand, you know, you can turn it on when you do need it and be glad that you have it, but even with that, I'm thinking, well, is that worth $130 up front, plus an additional 20 whenever I decide to turn it on? I don't know. I don't know if it is. And that actually is sort of a good segue into my next topic. But do we have any sponsors we need to take care of beforehand? Of course we do. Of course. Of course. Let me guess. Let me guess. We got our good friends. We do. Our best friends over at Squarespace. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm wearing my Squarespace shirt right now. I'll tell you I've a, good, a place, good place to go if you want to put that – if, if you want to really see what Squarespace can do. So Squarespace, they are the, the folks that give you absolutely everything you need to create an amazing website, home your home online, whether it be a blog, portfolio, many, many more. Go to squarespace.com forward slash templates. 
Now, when you go here, you will see the options that are available to you, the beautiful templates that Squarespace have that you can implement onto your site. They break them down into photography, business, blogging, that sort of thing. And they have some interesting searches, popular searches as well. So a lot of people, for some reason, have been searching cupcakes. Don't, don't know why, but mm -hmm. they have. Cupcakes. When looking for uh, to, to, to set up a, a blog with Squarespace. So one of the great things is you can see um, sort of previews of the of the um, of the blogs and the, the templates, and you can view live demos of them as well. So you can get a real great idea as to what a site will look like with a with one of the um, the templates. So I'm looking at their newest template at the moment, which is Devlin, and you can click through all the menus and look at all the pages and really see um, what you're going to be getting. So once you once you take a look at this, you just click the button create a site like this, and it will take you straight in, and you can use um, our our promo codes and, and, and free trial stuff, which I'll talk about in a moment. But all of these templates, they're all created with responsive web design. So they look fantastic. And the beauty that you see in each of them is retained when you're looking from device to device. It doesn't chuck up a horrible stripped down mobile view. They actually just reformat the page to look best on it on the device that you're using. So any changes that you make with their beautiful WYSIWYG and simple WYSIWYG editor, so maybe change some of the colors, you want to change some of the fonts, um, move some things around in Layout Engine, which is their page builder. So if you want the if you want the image to be at the top of the page and you want some text underneath it, you can just drag and drop all of that or um, select things and change colors. That is all maintained with the responsive web design, which is a real, real great thing. And it, it, the complexity that these sort of things can take to build, the fact that you're getting this built in is incredible. And that's not all you get. You get um, great iOS and Android apps, so you can post mm. and manage your um, accounts on the go. You get real-time analytics. You get rock-solid hosting; doesn't even go down during hurricanes. You can get, um, you can have great social media access, twenty-four-seven customer support, and loads more. The best way to really get an idea of Squarespace is to go and try it out for yourself. And I can give you a free trial, that you, so you can go and do that. You can start a two-week free trial which is you get to use all of the service. Um, nothing is restricted during this trial. Just go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels to sign up for that, and there'll be a link in the show notes, of course. Squarespace mm -hmm. is then $10 a month for the standard plan, $20 a month for a limited plan, but you can pay up front for a year, and you'll get 20% off if you do, and you can pay up front for two years, and you'll get 25% if you off if you do that. So you pay up front, and you get a discount. But I can give you an additional discount as well. So no matter what you bet you pay, if you want to pay monthly or you want to pay uh, annually up front, I can give you another 10% off on top of any of your savings or, or whatever. If you enter the code 70 decibels 11 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S-1-1 at checkout and you'll get another 10% off. I want to thank Squarespace for their continued support of Enough and the 70 decibels network of shows. You mentioned the hurricane, mm. and I, I, I just got to say, I'm not sure if people know, but during Hurricane Sandy, the way that those guys kept their servers up was by hauling buckets of fuel up the stairs to power the generators to make sure that your Squarespace website stayed up. Mm -hmm. When they could have easily have said, hey, you know, is a hurricane. It was worse than even they told us it was going to be. Things are going to be down. We'll get them back up. And people would have understood. Yep. 
No, 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 no. That that level of quality was still too low for Squarespace. <laughs> so I think, you know, let me just put it this way. I have a I have a host uh, that is in California, and there have been times when you know an earthquake has uh, caused a problem or two. They don't they don't go to that level. They put up their little status page about some earthquake, and they're going to do the best they can, and that's it. And that's what you get from most folks. But Squarespace. Squarespace, they're actually doing hard physical work to make sure that they stay up, even in the worst of circumstances. So kudos to Squarespace. And everyone I know who is using Squarespace, like, that's all that they could talk about for like a week. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, you know, it became like this running Internet, you know, meme. (laughs) So very, very very interesting and very cool. And and kudos to Squarespace for that, man, because that's just that's insane. So what else? They, you, they could have taken the easy road. They could That's have. That's the thing. You're right. We're at about um, half an hour. So what did you have? Okay. What, what else did you yeah. want to talk about? Yeah. Today? So uh, like I said, last the last point I made was actually kind of a good segue into this next one. Um, when uh, this is one of those things I've been meaning to write about for a while, but of course then um, uh, our good friend uh, Randy Murray uh, beat me to it, um, and that is this. Um, the idea of access versus ownership. Uh, Randy, uh, recently, uh, he's been using a 2008 iMac and certainly, you know, it was kind of getting to its replacement point. Uh, you know, four years is a long time in the age of a machine. Um, I have a similarly modeled iMac. I know. I recently replaced it with a Mac Mini. Um, and so when he was thinking about what to replace it with, his biggest concern was storage space. That, um, you know, one of the things that he enjoyed about his iMac was not only did it have like a 250 gig hard drive, built in but he had like two one terabyte drives hooked up to it and it was kind of the central main machine for his family it was like where everyone docked their ipad or ipods and ipads and iphones to because it stored all the music collection and movies and you know uh all the you know all the files that you know kind of were needed it was kind of the central storage location and it's funny because I use my iMac very much the same way, um, uh, at least when it comes to media. And so that was a concern for me when thinking about what to replace it with. Uh, but he decided to go with a uh, Retina MacBook Pro, one of the new 13-inch Retina MacBook Pros, um, you know, with a uh, with a large display. Um, I believe a cinema display. And he talks about part of the reason that he, he did that is that when he got to thinking about it, what was more important to him was not so much um, having all this stuff with him all the time in a portable machine, but just having access to this stuff when it was needed. And I think that that is an important thing to consider when Speaking about the idea of enough, 
that there's likely a lot of things in our lives that we have that we really don't need to own. We just need access to them when needed, right? Um, my neighbor has a pickup truck. I actually had, past tense. He ended up having to sell it. Um, but for years, um, it kept the entire neighborhood from needing to buy a pickup truck, right? <laughs> because it, it was kind of, it was, you know, a second car for him. And he had bought it for those times, you know, there were enough times when he needed to haul something, you know, haul some wood or bring some stuff to compost or, uh, you know, some bring some recycling, a large bit of recycling or construction material or debris or something like that, right? Things where you need to have a truck. But you don't always need a truck. Like there are some people that do. There are some people who genuinely kind of need a truck and need to own a truck. But we're the sort of people we needed a truck. Every once in a while, we need a truck. And most people in the neighborhood were like that. And he largely kept the, kept this truck for the last several years and kept it up and such. Not so much because he had a solid everyday need for it, but because it got used by everyone else in the neighborhood. When we needed a truck... We'd call John. He'd say, sure, I'll leave the keys for you in the mailbox. And go get the keys. I'd use the truck. I'd drop it off. I'd put the keys back in the mailbox, send them a text to let them know that they were there. Boom, done. I didn't need to own a truck. And actually, now that he sold it, Bethany and I are talking about buying some old used truck and basically doing the same thing. Just having it as the neighborhood pickup truck for everyone else and our all of our neighbors who don't need to own a truck, but every now and again need one. And I think that uh, it's, it's that kind of idea, right? That that we don't need these things. You know, we what we need is access to them. We don't need to have all of our music and all of our you know, um, movies and all of this stuff, like carry, we don't need to carry around with us on our iPhones or our iPads all the time. What we need is things like, you know, uh, one of the reasons why people love iTunes match so much or like Pandora or RDO or any of these services is the idea of access versus ownership, right? You want to be able to listen to the music that you want to listen to when you want to listen to it, but not to have to have to own it, not to have to have it around all the time. Right? Mm -hmm. And that we can really reduce clutter and reduce the number of things that we own by finding out another way to access these things versus actually owning them. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, do you have anything like that? Something that, like, can you look around at anything you own and think, you know, I use that maybe once or twice a year and maybe I don't need to own it. Maybe I could, maybe I just need access to it when I need it. Oh, of course. I've got things all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I have computers in boxes. I have all sorts of technology devices, phones and other tablets that I don't use. Um, I don't yeah. use every day. I have a Kindle. That I've never used. My life is full of things like that. 
I mean, you know, it's funny. All the things you bring up are technology. And all the things I think about are like, you know, a nail gun. Yeah. Because <laughs> right now I'm in the middle of renovating a house, and and I don't always need a nail gun, but there have been a couple of times when it's been nice that I know someone with a nail gun that I can go and you know pick up the compressor and pick up the nail gun and you know put in some shoe molding, <laughs> you know, and and the you know have a you know three hour job cut down to five minutes and be able to return it and not ever have to buy a nail gun. Like that's my idea of like yeah. perfect, right? Is you know to be able to get this uh get this house done without having to buy anything that I'll use once and never probably never use again. The interesting thing about that stuff is naturally they tend to be things that we might um have in an emergency. Mm. You know? Mhm. Mhm. That's one of the reasons why um you know, uh, gosh, my my wife got so uh, kind of nervous when uh, we ended up basically giving out the spare. Uh, you know, she she her machine is kind of getting old, long in the tooth. She's due for a new machine, um, but uh, we kept her old machine around just in case, kind of as a spare backup laptop in case. Yeah, you know, because she's the sort of person does the sort of work that, I mean, if she were to, you know, if her laptop were to go south, that she doesn't even find, you know, having a day to go and buy a new one and transfer everything and that sort of thing is just a pain in the ass, right? Um, and that uh, being able to just have a hot spare ready to go at almost a moment's notice, you know, that's the reason why we kept her around. But mm-hmm. Ended up, oh, I forget what ended up, what happened. Basically, I, you know, we had a friend who was in di- dire need and needed it more than we did necessarily, and so we kind of gave it to her on an indefinite loan sort of basis. But you know, for a while, that made that made my wife very twitchy at the thought that you know, oh my gosh, what have what ha- what would happen if something went wrong or I had to, you know, it's like. Oh jeez, you know, is it really? Do we really? Come on now, who are you kidding? But you know, I, I think I think a lot of us, uh, you know, think we have to own these things. That you know, I would argue, if it's not something that we're going to use on any regular basis, every day, every week, that sort of thing, we don't have to own it. We should try to find a way to have access versus ownership. And that there are, you know, thanks to the internet, you know, like I said, with RDO, now we can have access to music and not actually have to own it. And that actually might be better for a lot of things. You know, certainly there's music that I listen to often enough that it makes sense for me to own it. But there's tons of stuff and tons of times when I don't need to listen to music that I own. I just need access to it. Yeah, and that's a good ex- that's a real good example, I think. Yeah. Um and I would argue the same thing with uh I mean the entire movie rental business is built on that idea. Right? Um the idea that once, you know, that generally people watch a movie once. 
And once they watch it once, they never watch it again, and therefore they don't have to own it. They just need access to it. And I wonder how many other things are out there that, you know, that are the same way. Because yeah, I'm, I'm betting that it applies to more than just music and movies, right? I'm, and, and nail guns and and Kindles. <laughs> you know, I, I'm betting that you know we, we could find a way to you know, like you know, every now and then I have to give a talk or a presentation. I don't necessarily need Keynote on my machine. I just need access to it. Like if I could just you know pay. Five dollars every time I need a keynote for for something, you know. I'd love to be able to like rent an app. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that would be so like you know. I I could see a way of Apple doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Let me rent apps from the Mac App Store. I don't need to own Keynote. I just need to rent it. Just like one ninety nine per day, <laughs> right? That's what um, Adobe do. Is it? Yeah, you can rent for, you can rent the creative suite. Oh, that's right. They just came out with that, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Smart. Really smart. I don't know how smart it is with, with something that big, but yes, it's smart. I think a lot of online services are, you know, kind of built around that idea. Um Yeah. But yeah. Uh just something to think about. Access versus ownership. I would argue that in any case where you don't have a regular need, access beats ownership every time. So there there you go. go. What more do you need? Not much. So, Patrick, you can be found um, on app.net. You are Patrick Roan. Yep, that's me. That's where people can find you there. Um, They can also find more at patrickroan.com. Mm-hmm. It's a good good place to go. Takes you to sure. all of your properties online. Sure, that's um, one place. I am I Mike I M Y K E on yeah. the Twitters and the Appers. Have you got anything else you'd like to add to this to this fine episode of Enough? No, uh, other than we'll chat later. We will. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>